When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to this week's The Race IndyCar podcast. There was so much to get through from St. Pete that we just had to spill over into a second episode. And who better to join me as an even better co-host to JR Hildebrand than Marcus Erickson. Hello, Marcus. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> JR said that um, because you only won the race, he couldn't be bothered to turn up. If you'd, if you'd have got pole and won the race, then he might have turned up. But because you only won the race, he's he stayed away. Yeah, no, I fully understand. You know, that seems to be the, the way you have to do in IndyCar. You know, domination and, and, and winning. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's just lucky, right? <laughs> I guess that's qualifying is a good place to start because I, I found it really interesting. I know you've qualified fairly well on street courses compared to maybe um, some of the other places where you've been trying to improve different types of circuits where, you know, you've been trying to pick things up a, a little bit, especially with your kind of hard work in the off season. So I know that wasn't necessarily a weakness before, but, you know, qualifying fourth and even, you know, can we even talk about it? If you'd have just had that extra set of tires, maybe you could have even gone for the, for the pole as well. But I, I guess you feel like the qualifying performance kind of underpins the win and the weekend really, because you've talked about needing to qualify higher up and to, to put yourself in those positions. And, and the reason you were in position to win the race was, you know, one of the reasons was that you qualified so well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no secret from us that we've uh, focused a lot on it and, and we've talked about it the last few years that we feel like our racecraft and, and performance in the races is, you know, as good or better than anyone else. But we have just had our qualifying average too, too low. So uh, it's hard to win championships when you're qualifying on an average. I think 12 was my average last year. And it's just, you know, you need to get that at least in the top 10 i would say ideally around eight i think to be sort of in a good position to, to be able to score big points on, on race day so i think you know that's been a focus area we've put a lot of effort in both on setup uh, understanding the tires better but also me personally i've put a lot of work in to sort of try and find ways to to just you know drive better on qualifying be in a better mental state for qualifying sessions and sort of uh, all that work that the team and me and us together put in, I think already in thermal it showed because we were fastest over a lap in thermal. And I think that was a good, you know, sign for us as a group that hey, what we're doing is, is moving in the right direction. Was, I think it was the first time we were fastest in like, you know, a, a proper session like that over one lap. So that was a really, you know, booster for all of us. And then we went to 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 St. Pete and, and like you said, qualifying the past six and you know who knows what could have happened if we had another set of tires in, in past six. But either way, second row of the grid, we were super happy with that because we knew if we start up here, we can win the race on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you don't want to give away too many secrets, but how, how does a driver go about working on, you know, things mentally? Do you, you know, do you speak to a, 
not necessarily a coach, but do you kind of consult with people to, tr- to try and work through that kind of thing? Or, or is it more like kind of self-learning, I guess you would call it maybe just trying to work out maybe where you're not quite preparing yourself to the, to the best you know, possible way and trying to improve on that? No, I, I, I worked with a coach. I started to work with a coach this winter because I, I wanted to find ways to improve. And as people go to the gym to be stronger, uh, I went to a mental coach to be stronger mentally. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I have to hide that. I think that's uh, I think it's a strength to, to look at where you can improve and, and work on those areas. So I, I started working with a guy in Sweden and uh, we, you know, we have sessions uh, on a weekly basis and, uh, He's helped me a lot in sort of mindset and how to think in different situations and how to control your mind and, and stuff like that. And, you know, our process is like Stig, his name, he said, you know, this might take one month, two years, uh, three years. Everyone is different when you see results. But he's been very impressed with the way I've sort of taken up on, on the stuff we've done. And, you know, one time is, is one time. You know, we, we need to keep doing this over time, to, you know, but it was definitely a good start. And it feels like, you know, the, the work we put in and I put in together with him is, is, you know, is showing some results. So that's encouraging. That's really awesome. Like you say, is yeah, well, you didn't quite say this, but I'll, I'll say it. There was, there's maybe like a bit of a, not necessarily a stigma, but people are a bit funny about working with mental coaches and stuff in, I don't think it maybe happens as much in other sports, but motorsport seems to be like, you know, like it's some sort of weakness to do it or, or something. Whereas in actual fact, you know, like you said, you, you work on your body to be, you know, physically prepared for a race. Why would you not work on your, you know, your mind and your, your brain to be, you know, mentally prepared for the race? It makes, you know, when, when, you know, Dixon's missing out by 0.028 seconds or whatever it was at, at St. Pete. And he was like three spots outside of the, you know, getting into the, into the next segment of qualify. And then, you know, you've got to work on every element of your, you know, that you can, haven't you, if you're going to improve in this series. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, I think it's interesting what you say, because I also feel like that, you know, sometimes, or to some people I've said it and it's almost like they react, Oh, do you have a problem? And I'm like, no, I don't have a problem. I don't go to the gym because I have a problem. I go there <laughs> because I want to become stronger. Yeah. And, and it's the same here, you know, this, this guy I'm working with now, you know, he's worked with Olympic champions, world champions, uh, and, and helped them perform at their best because literally that's what you want to do, right? You want to be in a mental state of mind to perform your absolute best, to get everything out of yourself in the moments when it's the most pressure and, you know, you have to deliver. And that's not easy. It's easy to say and it's easy to like, yeah, I'm doing it, but it's another thing to actually do it. And, you know, I, I think, I, I, I think, like you say, it's a bit of a stigma around it, which I think is a bit strange. And, and I'm happy to say I'm working on it and, and, you know, I'm hoping it will improve me and make me a better racing driver. Yeah, definitely. I guess, um, you know, street course performance has been, you know, strong for you really um, for, for, for a while now. It's not, it's not been something that you've needed to work on, but it, you know, this, this win definitely felt like a, a big deal. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, we spoke about it on the pod last week. You um, you were talking in the in the post race about kind of like um, you know, people paying attention to you and um, you know, people interpreting your performance and stuff like that. And and I guess people can get tied up with that kind of thing and sometimes read too much into you know what you guys say in the in the in victory circle after the race and and stuff like that. But I did find it interesting, and I kind of I, I spoke to Jr. last week on the pod about maybe thinking that you know, that that's kind of like a mental thing for you in the sense of sometimes when you feel like something's against you, whether that's what people are saying or, um, 
you know opinion of people like whether that helps you to kind of get motivated for the race and and help you perform at a higher level would you say there's any truth to that or is is the is, is that not really the case do you think yeah maybe you know i i don't know like you say you jump out of the car after a race you know you pull about adrenaline you 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 know you, you are yeah pumping with adrenaline but yeah. i think i think i still think it's fair to say you know i i mean what i said and and, and i stand behind yeah. that and um like i said i i've used it as, as sort of motivation and, and fire you know to 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 show uh, what i can do on track and you know i think that the stats says it itself you know that you know the last year and a half the last well yeah, so i started the last 28 races we have won four of them on the eighth car and i think that's you know I think that says quite a lot, and and of course we need to keep doing it. You're never better than your last race. That's how it works in racing. But uh, I think we've shown now over time that we can be a contender every every single weekend. So that's um, yeah, that's that's great. That's the that's the real reason why Jr. isn't here to try and motivate you to win at Texas as well. <laughs> exactly. He couldn't exactly. be bothered to turn up. So now you've got to throw that back in his face and go go win at Texas. Speaking of Texas, uh, it's a place where I think you've had some some bad luck and maybe some bad memories, but also I, I'm imagining you can tell us it's a place you're going into thinking that you probably know you're going to have a, a decent package. You know, Ganassi's usually strong there, and I think you've you know, you've performed well there in, in the past. So uh, I guess, are we going into that one feeling quite positive and, and, and looking forward to that one? Very much so. I think, you know, if you look at last year, uh, our best package as a team was the Super Speedways. You know, Indy for sure was, was our, you know, we were dominating the month of May in, in many ways as a team. But also Texas, we were very strong. I think we had three cars in the top six or, or maybe even four. I think Jimmy was up there as well, right? Like we were all, all four mm-hmm. of us were up yep. there in, in, in the race and I finished on the podium just behind Joseph and, and Scott. So we were definitely in the mix there last year and, and you know, the years before, I think Scott won like two two times or something. You know, it's, it's been a good track for Ganassi over the, the last few years and there's no reason why we shouldn't be right up there again this year. So especially with this momentum we got from St. Pete and winning there and, and being strong as a team. You know, we were all, all cars were, were good in St. Pete and, you know, start of a season, you, you build that momentum. So I think, you know, going to Texas for us is, is very positive. I feel like we, we're going to have four cars that can fight for victory because Takuma will be very interesting to see him <laughs> in the fourth car as well. I, I think he can be a threat on, on any track in a Ganassi car uh, for sure. So uh, we, we feel very, very positive going there. I guess you you know you mentioned the fourth car and just going back to St. Pete, what was that like working with Marcus Armstrong? Because uh, I mean, I think his race kind of went a little bit under the radar. Maybe he was obviously he had the puncture where he was hit by by David Malukas early on, and you know maybe um, you know that kind of race like St. Pete was is probably one of the most difficult scenarios to go into as a rookie coming from from Europe, and you know seeing that race unfold around you must have been pretty crazy for someone who's not used to IndyCar and you see, you see that everything that's going on there. So, but I mean, through the weekend, what was it like to have someone, you know, he seemed like he was really on the pace and I, I'm imagining he was probably contributing quite a bit to the, the debriefs and stuff like that. So, you know, was that an encouraging thing to have him on board for the weekend? For sure. He's been very impressive, to be honest, from, from the get-go. You know, in thermal, he was on the pace straight away and was mixing it up in the front of the field. And then, uh, St. Pete, you know, I know myself first time coming to, to that track is it's tricky, you know, it's a short lap, it's, you know a tenth plus or minus can make a big difference and, and he was right up there and even in qualifying, you know, he was advancing to the 
Q2 until that uh, red flag in the end that uh, bumped him out uh, just, uh, you know, I think it was P7 in the group. So he was super impressive all weekend and, and then had a solid race. So uh, he's definitely going to be, you know, scoring some good results this year and, and, and just contributing to, to the performance of the team in a, in a really good way. I feel like you had a strong race in terms of your kind of in and out laps as well um, at St. Pete. And I guess, is that something you've been continuing to work on? I know we've spoken about that before and it's kind of like a, a kind of under the radar kind of key area in, in IndyCar. And maybe it didn't feel like it was necessarily, um, you know, really important through that race because we had quite a lot of cautions, but there was one green flag stop where it was vital to make sure you, you know, you nailed the in and out lap. So I guess is that somewhere you were quite happy with at St. Pete and something you've been continuing to work on since we spoke to you last? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, uh, we, we had uh, on that second stint, uh, I managed to save some fuel on that stint and, we went longer than the cars ahead of us and, and around us and had some free air. And I put in my personal best laps or like three or four laps in a row. Uh, I think it was past laps of the race at that time. And that uh, made us jump picks on my teammates because uh, did the overcut that worked. And in the end, you know, if I didn't do that overcut on him, maybe it would have been Scott winning the race in the end and not us. So it's these small details that maybe watching the race, you don't really notice. But it's, it's like you say, those in and out laps are so critical. And the fact that we... I'd saved some fuel and I could go, you know, the guys on the stand as well helped with the strategy there, thinking, yeah, let's do an overcut here. We, we might be able to get Dixon and even maybe Pato. And we were close to getting Pato as well, but we got one car. And in the end, you know, I think you look back at the race and that's one of the race winning moments that we, we got that overcut done. One of the things you said when you when you were discussing kind of the the situation with how your results were interpreted and all that kind of stuff was that you, you know, you led the championship for so long um last season and obviously that's a a fact so what does it mean to you to win the first race of the season in the context of that that puts you in the lead of the championship right from the word go at the start of the season and you know there were there was obviously people saying that you were leading the championship because of the Indy 500 and stuff like that but you're now you know from the from the word go from the first race you're you know in the lead of the championship and and showing you know what you can do so I, I guess what kind of um, what kind of importance do you place behind that, really? Oh, I, th- I think for sure it's important. I think, like you said, you know, I I felt like last year, even though we were leading for a long time, it was a lot of people saying it's, you know, purely because of the double points at Indy. And, and that was, you know, it is what it is. But it was, it was a bit frustrating because I felt like we had a good season and we were strong and we had a lot of podiums and, and top five finishes and running up front. Uh, but there was no no doubt that we, we dropped off there the last sort of three or four races. We were a bit unlucky, got a hit in Nashville and, and, and bits and pieces. Uh, that's racing. We were definitely not strong enough the last few weekends, and that's why we dropped off in the championship fight. And, uh, you know, it worked like we were talking about earlier. We worked really hard as a team and, and me as a driver over the winter. And we want to go and, you know, try and win that championship this year, try and defend that title in the 500. That's our goals. And, and to do that, you need to always improve in this series. We, we felt like Penske had the upper hand towards the end of last year and, and we need to try and bounce back. And I think winning the first race is a good way to start that, right? And again, I thought earlier about momentum and I think momentum is a big thing. So it, for us, it couldn't be a better way to start the year. Uh, but again, we go to Texas and, and we need to try and do it again. You had all the Swedish fans as well there to uh, 
to celebrate. Did you uh, did you actually get to see those guys on on Sunday, kind of after the race, or were you kind of uh, flat out busy there? Didn't get a chance to actually speak to them, but it must have been nice to have them there anyway. Yeah, it was it was super cool to see them. You know, not only them, but it was a lot of Swedish, Swedish fans there. Uh, but obviously, that group of what eight or ten guys that had that was like uh, Swedish. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. But you could tell that their outfits was very traditional Swedish uh, outfits, <laughs> I guess. And they were, uh, I think, they were on the bus from like Thursday till. Sunday night, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but they were having a great time and, you know, celebrating and, and chanting. And, and they were actually up on the, on the podium with me after all the team and sponsor photos and everything like that. Uh, I called them up as well. Oh, to have cool. a photo With all of them. So they, they loved that, having a great time. And, you know, I really appreciated that. It was, it was really fun to have them there. And, you know, I, I, I said that as well. Like, I definitely had the best fan club over the weekend. And uh, to win in front of them and all the other Swedish fans and, and American fans. I saw a lot of people in Mark Sturgeon shirts over the weekend. And that was, you know, that means a lot. And, and, and you know, I told them that as well. You, that last tenth of a second per lap, it was you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus, we'll let you go because you're going to sit courtside at the Pacers game just like uh, Indy 500 winners should. So uh, congrats on that. Enjoy it. I'm sure it'll be a fun experience and we'll, we'll catch up with you in the not too distant future, we hope. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun and uh, good talking to you as always. Speak to you soon, man. Thank you very much. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So that was friend of the podcast, Marcus Erickson, with us there after winning in St. Pete. An absolutely fascinating insight there into the mental approach of drivers at the elite level and the stick was a strong word and we, we tried not to use that in the interview, but the the kind of um, the interpretation of what it's like for a, a racing driver to use a mental coach, um, whereas in other sports, it's you know relatively common and not necessarily looked down upon like it is in motorsport. Like Marcus said, um, you know, when he, when he talks about that, sometimes people ask him, has he got a problem? And he's trying to interpret that, he, he doesn't have a problem. He's just trying to work on one of the key elements of, of his performance. So uh, I'm sure you and everyone enjoyed that. And uh, next up, we've got ace rookie Callum Eilot, who qualified in 22nd for St. Pete. Not necessarily a position that you would uh, immediately call him up and try and get him on the podcast, but uh, he turned that 22nd into a fifth. And he's had a fascinating journey coming over from Formula 2 to to join Hunkos Hollinger Racing at its inception and coming over as a rookie, not having a teammate initially and not knowing, you know, a whole lot about the series or at least on the inside anyway, his rise has been absolutely phenomenal. So without further ado, we're going to cross over and speak to Callum Eilot. Callum Eilot, Eilot the pilot, welcome to the IndyCar podcast. How are you doing? Are you well? First thank time, you, thank you. First time, first appearance. Yeah, I mean, after a year, I mean, surprised you invited me after that. Long. <laughs> I can't believe I've got you on sooner. I think, I think what it is in the back of my head, I've been thinking, 
I can't have Callum on because it's another Brit and people are going to think I'm like favouring another Brit by having you on. There's one other Brit in this series. What's the problem? I know, but I'm trying not to show any favouritism. Well, the, the 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 fact that you're trying not to show means you have favourites, which means maybe you shouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You've you've done me up there like a like a tight knot. Anyway, you've been on uh, Marcus Armstrong's podcast recently as well. How was that? Well, no. Now it's mine and Marcus's podcast. Oh, okay. The side pod is 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 a mutual uh, project of ours. Um, the screaming meals part. I mean, that's his. They're, they're too outrageous for me. Okay, so you've got your own little spin-off going on. Yeah, we're trying to cover, obviously, all racing stuff, a bit more serious. Um, maybe later on, divert into just more general sports stuff, but obviously do what we know best, which is the racing side. I think Marcus is uh, hes trying to take over the Race IndyCar podcast because that's basically his favourite podcast, he told us, when he came on recently. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I think he's trying to recreate what we're doing with with J.R. Hildebrand, who, who couldn't be bothered to show up for, for this part of the episode, but uh, is a key part <laughs> of the, the podcast anyway. Anyway, Callum. Well, I mean, maybe you are our, like our reference. I don't know. Yeah. Marcus just hasn't told you. We're so we're, you know, He's trying to keep it secret, so he's not told you that the inspiration is, is us, obviously. Anyway, should ask you some stuff about IndyCar because that's why we've got you on, obviously. I guess a good place to start would be the weekend and how are you kind of feeling about the rest of the season based on, you know, how St. Pete went? Because uh, I guess on one hand, you know, the the St. Pete weekend in 2022 was probably one of, you know, your worst weekends of, of the year, really. I'm sure you'll yeah. remind me saying that because I'm sure you've you've said that yourself um, on, on a few occasions. So to, to score a fifth is obviously a, a big deal for, for you guys and, and must vindicate a lot of the work that you've been doing. But also, I guess it was a, you know, it's a bit of a crazy race. Um, you obviously came from really far back to to get to where you were in, in fifth. And I just wonder how much you kind of take from the performance of, of that weekend and, and what it means for the rest of your season, really. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a testament to what we can do. Um, I think Friday and Saturday was fairly weak for us. Um it was a shame because I feel like we'd improved the car and actually relative to last year, we'd also closed the gap in terms of time to the to the front guys slightly anyway. Um, but we're just lacking like peak pace, um, which was also clear in the race, but less less evident than qualifying. But at least with the race car, we could get something that's consistent and easy to drive and, and push for a whole stint and not get massive degradation. Um, so that was really positive on that side. Uh, but obviously, yeah, through the weekend, not, not, not really where I wanted to be kind of FP2 qualifying. That was, that was really evident that we needed to improve and hopefully something we can do for Long Beach, but it was always going to be a tall order after last year, St. Pete, Long Beach, they're all very, you know, I would say damper oriented and um, we're not there yet. Again, we made some little improvements, but we're, we're still very far behind on that side. Um, but then coming to the race, look, we've got quite a few new new people in the, in the team. Um, we've got some new stuff behind the scenes, uh, which helps on the strategy side, making calls. Um, and then obviously my side being a lot more calm and understanding and confident of how the weekend goes just makes it easy to be patient and and take it as it comes and not not rush into anything and um yeah of course we we got a bit lucky you know due to some other people making mistakes but okay aside from the first accident um 
I think by after the first stop, I'd already kind of undercut to P11 or something. So I, I was I was making places up anyway with the with the strategy and the pace we had and clear air. Um, so that, it, it was definitely definitely positive. But I mean, for the team to to come away from probably is what what will be one of our slower weekends with the car with a P5 and start the season off like that. I think everyone was super happy. Um, and it's just, it's just nice to get our best finish so far as a team straight away on the, on the season start. So I think Texas will be an interesting one to go to an oval. Uh, obviously that was my first oval as well. So there'll be a massive learning step that I've had over the year. Um, but yeah, I'd like to follow on this kind of top 10 performance that we, we can obviously achieve. I was going to ask you about that because uh, I guess when you reach like elite championships like this, obviously people are talking about what you're doing and they're analysing basically everything you do, the the team and all of that kind of stuff. And I guess people sometimes have already decided what your future looks like. Like what, you know, people have already decided what Callum Eilat should be, where he should be finishing in the championship, where Hunkos should be finishing in the championship, what you should be doing next, you know, the the big teams that you have to impress to to progress your career and all that kind of stuff. And it feels like sometimes that all kind of gets decided for you to, to a certain extent. So, you know, you were talking about, you know, wanting to try and keep St. Pete rolling. What does, you know, what would a successful season this year realistically look like for you, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I mean, for, from my side, look, I don't, I don't think we have the the car that some other people do, um, and that's something we've been trying to develop. But I've kind of like like Laguna, for example, last year. When it's there, I've got to use it, and I've got to kind of get on with it and take those results when I can. Obviously, you know, not hindered by engine and issue issues like that. But um, I think the the consistency side is really important for me. Not making mistakes, just taking the points as they come. Um, and trying to always target that top 10, whether we finish 11th, 12th, whatever, but always just being consistent and not not ruining races for little things. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, whilst we're not in a position to win the races, whether you're P7 or P10 or 11, 12, doesn't really make much of a difference, but it makes a big difference to finishing P20 for making a mistake, you know. Um, so that that's important for me. I think like last year, we've got to show a progression with the car. Again, I think we were helped in the way that last year the the finishing circuits were, were ones that were strong for us anyways. So it, it gave us more of a, a show than maybe we had, you know, improved. Um, but I think over the, over the winter, we've made us steps in a lot of little places, which when you put it together, pays off, which pays off, paid off on Sunday, just making the right calls, doing the right things. Um, that That's where, that's where those differences will be. And I, I think, yeah, on the team side, on my side, eliminating mistakes, showing the pace when we can, improving on those ovals, especially the qualifying side. And then hopefully by the end of the season, because it's still an issue for us is unlocking that one lap pace with this tire, because although, yeah, we've had some good results. I really feel like we, we, St. Pete will lack something. We lack something coming to Long Beach. I'm pretty sure we'll lack something again. But we'll come to the race and the pace will be good again. And we knock that gap down in half. And I, I don't really understand it. So we've got some good guys working behind the scenes, and hopefully we can we can achieve that. I guess it's good in some ways that you're in a series where that's possible because you can go from 22nd to finish fifth in in a series like this if you're intelligent 
you know, your racecraft is, is good and you're sensible and you have good strategy and good pit stops. That's like the, I guess, the perfect uh, combination in your car, isn't it? Yeah, some guys can do it every weekend. I know Dixon, wherever he starts, he always finishes up there and he gets it gets it going. Graham is the same. They always manage to put a great strategy and um, good pit stops. And you just work your way up on your own kind of way and it, it will work. But I think whether it's me or as a team, we're just so much more confident compared to last year and those little things and making those decisions for ourselves. I mean, to be honest, like last half of the, yeah, of last year, we were normally following another driver in terms of what to do with the strategy. So sometimes it would be like, okay, Dixon's looking to start on the same strategy. Let's follow him. And that helped us, but it doesn't ever give you an advantage, you know. So now we've we've changed a lot of things and St. Pete straight away we were able to make our own decisions and it was a massive benefit for us. We even outdid, you know, the people we would have been following last year. Like I undercut Graham on a stop, which was great. Um so yeah, that that's that's super important. But yeah, it's a series where you can do that, but you can't rely on that either. You need to be putting yourself in a good position, get the track position and not have to fight your ass off to get to, to the top. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the team because it's, I don't want to call it unusual because I feel like some people think that's like an offensive way to, to look at it. But I think, you know, Ricardo definitely has his own ideas about how a team should be run. He has his own ideas about engineering and stuff like that. Obviously a very successful engineer in his own right as a team boss. So that's kind of like an interesting, interesting combo. But what's it like to, to come to work there in the morning when you know that there's ideas being thrown around, you know, things aren't necessarily always the same day to day. And, you know, it's not a team that, for example, obviously it's not been around that long, but it's not a team that would do something for the same for seven years because they've done it, you know, because they've done that for seven years. They'll, you know, it seems like a team that's always looking to try and mix things up and, and do something different if it requires something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with Ricardo because obviously him and Brad and me were the kind of starting package of this team. Um, and Ricardo obviously being on the day-to-day -day side, and I think he won't mind me saying this, it was it was quite interesting Um when we did the the kind of joining with Carlin and him seeing how an IndyCar team should operate. And bearing in mind, Carlin wasn't even where, you know, the likes of Ganassi and Penske are, of course, but how they operated and the attitudes and everything behind it compared to what he'd obviously done on the feeder series. And it was quite nice for me from those last three races that we did in 21 to the new guys arriving in um 22 to kind of go look you know that's what i've been trying to tell you of like that's where we need to start and we need to be and it's nice that i don't even have to you know help that because we've now got it um and you know he was really receptive to it and saw how how good you know they were and like how much of a step up it was to what he's used to and also i think he'd say on my behalf like what i'm used to and the way of communicating and doing stuff was a step up as well and you know he, he was receptive to that but of course it's a big project for him it was a big build um and every day is like every 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 day is a learning curve for us whether it was friday saturday at saint pete after a year year and a half of having this car we're like right okay we've got to restart because it's not working you know and of course we don't have as many tools in the box as uh andretti penske all of them 
but we we were able to turn something around on Sunday, which was pretty decent. Um, and I'm proud of them for that. But yeah, ideas are being flown around. Obviously, I think what we did really well last year was with with the small items of what we had, fine tuning it. You know, we took a very basic car. Um, I'm pretty sure we we us and Foyt were in the same boat with the components we had. And we managed to make a car that worked, especially on those road courses, really, really well. Um, and actually some of the short ovals as well. But they, they had a history of having good short oval cars. And then um, over the winter, we've been able to develop a few things. And obviously, they're still a work in progress. But we found that it's made a better car to drive, but it's not necessarily quicker. I mean, the tests were good, but it's not it's not quicker. In some ways, of course, it is quicker, but it's not, not where I want it to be. Um, and being part of a team from the beginning, and when when I say really the beginning, it's it's like you're you're very well immersed and respected, and I, I like I, I can say that I know everything we've done in the sense of every change we've done, I know, and after every session, it's pretty much in agreement of like obviously obviously you know, we can only test so much. So there's not much new stuff until we get it of like, okay, I, I think we've got these three options. Maybe this one's the best comp or least compromising kind of option that we can do. And the engineers are thinking the exact same way I am, or they suggest that. And I'm thinking the exact same way. And you're not, you're never getting lost within the people. You're always progressing and you're always working together and I think, yes, of course, we miss out from some of the knowledge from other teams and that side of things. But we've really been working from the ground up with the same guys and letting them kind of go free. I mean, our technical director, Eves, has been incredible in, in the, the way that it's kind of been him coming up with all the ideas and working away with it behind the scenes and slowly of course it's never 100% of everything he's doing works but we're kind of getting the idea of what we need and what we can do um and it's it's a slow process but we're we're getting there and it's 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 really nice to see and super rewarding and of course you know whether whether I stay obviously a long time or a short time um with the team in the future it's uh it's really rewarding to to see what I've been a part of and done to to create this team because I, I can imagine without ricardo it wouldn't be the same without eves it wouldn't be the same and i think they could argue without me we wouldn't be in the same position and it's nice to see very different people all come together and build something which as a few people in the paddock say are kind of giant killers on a good weekend you know we we, we had one set of dampers for most of last year you know and we managed to destroy some people on some tracks who are spending millions and millions a year. Of course, it would be nice to see what I could achieve in what they've got. But at the same time, you know, I I feel like, of course, it's not only me. It's a big, big group of people. But having been a part of it and built something beyond just being a driver and turning up and just taking that paycheck for getting a good result, I've built something learned a hell of a lot and been a part of something that's really been more than just driving which is cool yeah absolutely it must be so rewarding like you said to 
to to have some of those results against some of those teams who you know are spending so much more money and have you know whole departments dedicated to to different areas and stuff like that. So so definitely fair play on that. I wanted to ask you about the the style of racing in America, and I, I know I really dislike this conversation sometimes because people say, oh, it's you know it's more laid back when you come to IndyCar, and I think that's a that sounds like a negative way to to say it laid back. It makes it sound like, you know, people in IndyCar are not putting as much effort in or they're not trying as hard as, as people in Europe. And that's just not the right way to look at it. I think maybe a better way to look at it is that I think, you know, everyone in the paddock remembers that motorsport is fun and you're not there to, you know, it's, you know, people remember why they started doing it in the first place is, you know, because they love it. And it's, it feels like that much more of that kind of atmosphere, but also things like the strategy and how you work in the paddock and all that sort of stuff's different. So I guess when you move series from like, championships that are based in Europe or, or whatever, the biggest challenge might be learning the tracks and you can do that pretty quick on a sim, right? So so that kind of thing isn't too difficult. But when when you came to America and you saw what IndyCar was like and how, you know, crazy the races can be, learning about the tyre, learning about the car and learning about dampers and things like that because you've you've done single, single chassis series before but not ones where, you know, at this level where they're, you know, doing all the stuff with the dampers and all that kind of stuff. So... Do you feel like that took you a little bit of time last season to to adapt to all of those things kind of coming at you at once because you didn't just have like one thing to kind of learn there. You were you were coping with all of that and the fact that the team was basically brand new to IndyCar at the same time. So it's not like you're just looking at a teammate who's going to tell you how to do everything. Yeah, okay. So multi-layered this. So I'll start with the, with the, the first thing that comes to mind. So we don't have a simulator. We don't have use of a simulator, um, which is was a pain in the ass last year um for me because i i could try and learn the, learn it on i racing but it's not as a team it's not what we need and you know you miss a couple of tracks on there as well so it, that's that was a real shame um last year and probably hindered us quite a bit and hindered me personally to to grow quite a lot uh but that's that's what we had that's a challenge we had and we're still in the same boat but we I, i've progressed a lot from that point anyway so I, i'm not relying off needing that anymore um Secondly, to answer your question about the racing side of things and the the ambience of everything, look, it, it appears very relaxed, but it's just the way they operate in the sense that it's super intense. You have these curfews, which are obviously F1 has the curfews, but I would say that we're out there by six, to be honest, most days, and you, you don't finish on the track until four, 4.30. So by the time you've downloaded everything and gone through it and decided set up strategy there's not a lot of time before those mechanics have to finish what they're doing and come back the next day wheel those cars into the into the truck so you're, you're very compact in the time that you have to make decisions analyze everything and that's super tough then on the racing on the track it's it's intense as anything you're you're manhandling these cars like crazy um every move is is a proper move it's not one of these drs things you know we have the push <laughs> to pass but you really have to set it up and you could you could overtake them anywhere if you get it right whereas with drs you're limited to a couple of corners now the drs racing is a different breed and i kind of enjoyed that by the simplicity of it and it made my life as a driver easier but it's not the same in a certain way then you have the strategy on top of it which is not just a one-stop strategy is multi-layers you know you could gain on the early stage of the race but fuck yourself sorry it later on sorry. um 
and or you could you know suffer early on but get them later on and it's kind of that waiting game capitalizing when you can and really gambling off of that fuel strategy sometimes it's it's tough because you know you go from f3 and f2 which obviously i i kind of felt that i improved all the way through my career in cars to kind of get to that second and f2 spot being probably the quickest in that championship that year um to now coming into a all professional series or oh, you the you just you have to be at another level all the time you can't make mistakes you know and but you've got to push a hundred percent so you know you see those guys making mistakes you see me making mistakes you see you see the top guys because it's just you have to be at that level you know there's no there's no advantage really from team to team their advantages are different, but you get to that qualifying, you get to that race, you are top of your game. Um, and that was kind of a shock for me being the first series where I was around that kind of thing. It's no longer competing against your teammate. It's no longer the four or five guys in that championship. It was me on my own trying to discover the car, how to get the the car that I'm driving right now to the quickest way it can be. Then it was trying to um, get the team to the quickest uh, place it could be. And then adding on all these extra things of, of how, how can I make this, you know, in my extra time, how can I make this team better? How can we improve the pit stops? How can we improve the strategy? How can we improve the car? Um, what can we get from Chevy? What can we do over the winter to focus on and to, to be better? You know, my mind was just at 100%. It wasn't like, uh, I'm just going to, how, how can I improve this lap by half a tenth? In those weekends, I only had my data, right? Maybe I had Chilton sometimes, but I was more focused on what we had on that current. We would change the car so much by the end of the year, there was nothing I could really relate to. Um and it was like sat there going, oh, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but I think I can do that if I go onto the Reds. I think I can do this. I think we can manage this. And to be honest, most of the time we ended up doing it, which was quite incredible. But yeah, from a, from a European side, always trying to chase the teammate and all of this stuff, I had to restart, leave everything I knew from Europe behind. I also didn't have any contact with any much well, Men, mainly anyone from Europe because once you step away from that side no one really cares anymore which is was a sad thing to accept but um, something I had to do out here and you just restart out here and you show everyone what you can do well I'm sure everyone will agree that show what you can do has been something pretty special over the last year and a bit so uh, I guess just before we let you go we should ask about Texas I guess what are your kind of um, feelings going into that one based off of what you had there last year like you said I think you alluded to earlier on that it was your first oval race last year obviously so um, I feel like Concos is usually pretty good on the ovals do you feel like you've got a good package going into that one? Yeah I mean we we uh, had an interesting one there um, last year I, I, which it was a big big learning discovery Jesus Christ I mean that was that was incredible as a, as a first race Um Again, I don't think we're going to qualify well. That's something I've kind of accepted from these these ovals that we we have. But the race car was good, um, and my confidence will be massively better than last time. Uh, obviously, we have to see with the PJ1 and 
the the kind of if we can get those two lines working or not that will change things massively if that that comes uh comes to play but um yeah we definitely have a decent oval car again a decent race oval car um it will be a big learning curve for augustine i think I'm interested to see how he does. There's a test next week on Thursday there. I will be going there uh, to help him, obviously to help the team as well. Um, but it's a rookie day for him. So it will just be interesting building building him up. And again, with these ovals, like when you're running on your own, it's kind of very simple. You know, you're, you're flat. You're trying to just hold it to the white line, feel the car but you don't feel the car until you take the downforce off. And that's when it starts to get a bit more lively. <laughs> um, but then you come to the race and you just, yeah, just cars everywhere. You've got guys with so much confidence, just taking the piss on you. And you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going <laughs> to hug this line. Um, and then you start to feel it out. You start to see that I can go a little bit wider and this wouldn't work with the cars in Europe and stuff, but just, just, just being on the outside of the car around the corner, you gain the grip whereas that would be that would, you'd wash out on on the european circuits with the way the cars were built whereas the ovals every everything is straight off the back of the car um so yeah i'm expecting i i really hope to kind of drop into the top 10 um that would be that would be the goal uh we had a p16 finish last year there just by keeping it steady and kind of finishing um but i i, I think with the with the strategy, with the pit stops that we had so far in St. Pete, I think we can, we can go, Let, let's say, look, top 12, I'll be content, top 10, pretty happy. And then if we can get any more than that, we're, we're really rolling. Awesome. Well, Callum, I sorry we left it so long to get you on the Race IndyCar podcast, but we appreciate you dropping by. No and, problem, uh, we'll definitely not leave it so long until next time. Thank you very much for having me. Another great interview there for you and Callum, on great form as ever, always honest and upfront with his answers and willing to talk about any topics you want to throw at him. Brilliant insight into what it's like to come from a European Bay series and not just the atmosphere and, and the style of, of racing in the US, but how the strategy is different and all that sort of stuff. How the, the even though it's a single make chassis series, the 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 dampers and the aero and all of the other work that the the teams are doing has such a huge impact on on performance and it's something that Callum hasn't necessarily had so much experience of before, even though he was a Ferrari test and development driver, Formula One on a little bit of a different scale to to IndyCar, but definitely some new challenges for Callum and he's taken them on with aplomb. So really interesting to hear a bit more about his journey and we definitely won't leave it so long before we get him on next time. That's all for our interviews post St. Pete. We're looking forward to Texas, as we alluded to with both of our drivers in our interviews earlier in the pod. You can check out the-race.com for some more in-depth written pieces from St. Pete, including an update on Jamie Chadwick's debut in Indy Next. A lot of interesting comments on that story and trying to interpret how Jamie got on. I know the results weren't fantastic, but I'm definitely of the feeling that there was a lot of encouragement over that course of, of the weekend and some signs that things can definitely improve there. So definitely head over and read that and see if you agree. I'm sure people, some people won't agree, but uh, it's nice to get some input into pieces like that anyway. Once you've read those, 
definitely go out and check our back catalogue of podcasts, including a season preview. We've done uh, the biggest stories to watch in 2023. We've had some great interview guests on, including Simon Pagano and Marcus Armstrong, the rookie at Chip Ganassi Racing. So make sure you go and check out all of those. JR and I will be back soon with another episode of the Race IndyCar podcast. The Athletic.